Welcome back to the Sudrish Podcast. In the previous chapter, we heard how the stolen, confiscated horse, which was now in the stables of the newly appointed Emperor Shah Jahan, how that horse suddenly got sick. We heard how it was then assigned to a Qazi named Rushtam Khan. We heard then, as he was bringing it home, he was passing along the path from the fort to his house. Uh, he was passing the area of Mozang in Lahore, where Guru Hargobind had set up his encampment. And as he was passing it by, Guru Hargobind told some of his Sikhs to go inquire about the horse. And when the Sikh from Kabul told the Guru that, you know, this was their horse, they ended up purchasing, you know, from, you know, a way off from Asia Minor, from basically Turkey, the Mediterranean. Guru Hargobind then inquired about it. He purchased it for 10,000 rupees. And the last chapter ended with the horse entering the stables of Guru Hargobind. And now chapter 17 begins describing how on the next day Guru Hargobind himself went to the stables to take a look at that beautiful horse. As he entered the stables, he, he walked all around the horse looking at it up and down. He started to caress it then with great love. The horse was just, he was really happy, he was loving it, he was neighing in really you know, happy fashion. And slowly, slowly it began to lower its uh, leg which it was holding up in pain. So this was the third day uh, from when it was sick and now it was starting to feel better. It began slowly eating some grass and hay and day by day now it was getting better, healthier, stronger and it slowly came back to its original size and strength. Guru Hargobin then went uh, back to the stables when it was well. He placed a gold threaded saddle on the horse which was embedded with gems and diamonds which sparkled so beautifully. Guru Hargobin himself was decked out in the finest of clothes, adorning uh, the finest of weapons. He mounted that horse, taking off, galloping at full speed. The horse was loving this and letting out some neighs and happiness. Guru Hargobin also jumped around with the horse as well. So he took it out of the encampment for the stroll. And the horse was just, it was spectacular. It was so in tune already with Guru Hargobin, just you know, with a slight indication or a signal from the Guru the horse would respond right away. You know, this is a sign of an amazing horse that is super responsive. It doesn't need to be moved about roughly uh, to get it to change course or direction or speed. Uh, so the horse was just moving so elegantly. Uh, it was as if it was dancing. Guru Hargobin riding it was so happy as well. And that Sikh from Kabul who had brought it from, you know, such a distance, he was standing there watching all of this, watching Guru Hargobind ride the horse. And when Guru Hargobind then turned around, he came close to that Sikh. That Sikh just clasped his hands together and bowed down to the Guru's feet and said, My desire has now fully been fulfilled. You know, with great love, I brought this horse for this reason, to see you with my own eyes, ride it and enjoy it. You've made me so happy because of this. And now I can happily go back to my home. You know, you sprouted such peace and bliss in my heart. Looking at the great faith and love the Sikh had, uh, Guru Hargobin then gracefully blessed him and said, Oh Sikh, you have become Nahal, meaning you have become freed from all pains. You've attained bliss. You've attained the blissful form, which is the divine. 
And the sick replied saying, Oh Guru Hargobind, it's because of you that all my pains uh, of the cycle and birth and death have been removed. So in this sick, uh, the illumination of bliss arose in his heart and he just grasped the feet, the lotus-like feet of Guru Hargobind in great bliss before heading back home to Kabul. He forever now was absorbed in constant meditation or recitation of Satnam, the true name. He spent the rest of his life there in Kabul peacefully and at the end of his life he attained the highest position, merging with the divine. Meanwhile, back in the Guru stables, this horse just looked so glorious there. It would eat healthy amounts uh, of grass and hay now. It was gaining strength. Every now and then, Guru Hargobind would take it out for a ride, enjoying his time in the forest, hunting. You know, the great Sikhs like Baba Buddhaji and others would stay close to the Guru during this period. And in around this time, you know, large-sized congregations would come from out east. They brought with them countless rare offerings for the Guru. The poet Santok Singh here says, you know, how far can I go off and count all the different cities, all the different areas where the Sikh congregations were coming from. He says, my intellect tires on such a massive task. Uh, but in the same way, people were coming from down south, south India, congregations would come with the community leaders, the Musans. People were coming up from Kashmir in great numbers, from other mountainous areas as well, coming to receive the darshan of Guru Hargobind in Lahore. And many days passed like this. And one day, the Qazi, he came back hoping to receive money from Guru Hargobind. So he just walks into the divan, he bows down respectfully, and then he says, So, Guru Hargobind, how much did you take that horse off me for? I've heard now that the horse has gotten much better and that you even take it out for rides. It makes sense then that you pay the amount. Please give me the amount now. You said that you would give all the amount at once. So listening to this, Guru Hargobind then said, well, we haven't, you know, got that money just yet. We had about two to three thousand that we recently collected. We thought that giving that amount wasn't proper, you know, in portions. So we spent it on the expenses that we have here for the encampment, for the community, dig, the communal kitchen at Amritsar and the other Gurdwaras. We also have the great cost of providing for our army, and giving out seropas to our Sikhs who come. Once we have uh, the leftover, which is the full amount, then we will give you that in a one-time payment. Ghazi then replied saying, well, you should worry about this. You should be desiring to pay me back quick. This debt won't go away without paying me. So maybe take it easy on your expenses so you can save up. So the Ghazi said this and then he left. Another few days passed. Every day though, the Ghazi was just worrying about this. He was anxious about it, when he was going to collect his money. It was really bugging him. And he came another time when there was a large divan session organized and he sat amongst the congregation. He sat there though in great arrogance. And he started again talking about the money saying, Guru Hargobind, how many days have passed now? I haven't received the money. Khodai has made this horse better. The divine has made this horse better. And it's even better than it was before. The emperor wasn't able to ride this horse because it was sick. But you must have great fortune that you've attained this horse in good health. It's in my fortune to receive the money as well, as it was in your fortune to be blessed, to enjoy and ride this beautiful horse. 
Guru Hargobind responded saying, Khudai, the Divine, He sends those items exactly where they're meant to go. What can we mere mortals think and contemplate of the ways of the Divine? Our Sikhs spent countless years searching for this horse, traveling through all of Asia and foreign areas. He spent 100,000 on this horse. Someone said something and notified the Emperor. The Emperor, he strong-armed our Sikh. He took it from him. At that time, he didn't look at what was just or what was divine or righteous. How would Khudai or Allah look favorably upon that? Understand this well, Qazi. Understand what really happened. And listen, the congregation will come at some point. Their offerings, we will pass on to you to pay this. Have some resolve for some time now and you can sit happily with your 10,000 in your house. The Qazi heard this and he was angered by it. This idiot didn't recognize the glory of Guru Hargobind. And he replied saying, Listen, Guruji, this is not right. You say something and then you go, don't go through with it? How long will I have to wait? I've been waiting for so long. So either give me the money or give me back the horse and I'll take it back to my place. But if you want to keep the horse, also give me the money then. Otherwise, there will be problems between us. I'll notify people about this, what you're doing here. Baba Buddhaji heard this and he immediately stepped in saying, Hey, listen, don't speak with anger here. You're speaking to Guru Hargobind. This is the Guru's house. We don't worry about anything, about who you will tell. But you'll get that money when it's written that you'll get it. So just wait some time. What's the big deal about this anyways? You'll get the money. You're smart. Think about this. But don't speak any harsh words here. So the Ghazi was arrogant in his way of getting up, pushing his chest out before leaving. And on the way out, he was speaking to Baba Buddhaji saying, when I come back, remember to have my money ready. I'm not going to leave next time empty-handed. So the Ghazi said this, then walked off saying these type of things. He was thinking about all sorts now, how he could get his money, thinking that, you know, if I get the money, it'll be fine. Otherwise, I might have to go tell the emperor, Shah Jahan. And I'll speak ill of the Guru there and I'll try to get the Emperor to take some action. He was thinking that, you know, I'm going to get this money one way or another. I'll either tell the Emperor or I'll just get it from these guys myself. So the Qazi was thinking this. He didn't come back for some time, but he was always thinking about this money. Again, it was bugging him. It was just consuming him. And one day he came back. It was early afternoon, just after lunch, when Guru Hargobna would take a quick nap. And at that moment, Gruhargoban was resting on his bed inside his residence. Baba Buddhaji was sitting right outside of the Guru's door, keeping guard, sitting down. No other Sikh was around. And that's when that Qazi walked up and he said, Hey, I, I want an audience with Guru Hargoban. It's been so many days, I want my money. Baba Buddhaji replied saying, Listen, it's not a good time where you can meet the Guru. Come a little later in the day. We'll have a divan session in the afternoon, in the evening. But right now, the Guru is resting. No one can awake them during this time. The Ghazi heard this and he was pissed off. He said, well, I've heard that you are the main administrator for the Guru's house anyways. You are the one who takes care of all the money and expenses. It doesn't matter if I meet the Guru or not. He's going to just tell you to get it anyways. Why don't you go get the money for me? Getting it now would be best. Baba Buddhaji replied saying, you know, who am I to make this determination? Guru Hargobind himself is the one who takes care of these matters. When the Guru gets up and comes out for the Divan, 
he should come to receive the Guru's darshan, his divine sight, at that time, and ask him then, why are you in such a rush for this anyways, that you want to wake up the Guru? Why aren't you being smart about this? You're acting like a fool. The idiot Ghazi, he heard this and he was just enraged. He started to then swear in front of Baba Buddhaji and he said, what are you saying to me sitting down like that? Aren't you afraid of Shah Jahan? If I even just say the story to the emperor once, I'll come back and I'll become the Guru's son-in-law and I'll take the money like that. So this is a really harsh swear. Basically he's saying, you know, he's going to marry the Guru's daughter, you know, that they'll be paying him for doing that, as in, you know, he'll be accepting a dowry. Uh, this is basically like saying, you know, I'm going to be with the Guru's daughter. Um, a little side note here, Guru Hargobind at this point hasn't had any kids. Uh, Bibi Vito, his only daughter, has yet to be born. So the Ghazi says this disgusting indirect swear, and then he says, you know, who can fight against us? The Mughals. Everyone in great fear pays us quite quickly. Baba Buddhaji heard this swear and just casually said, Oh Ghazi, the Guru will become your son-in-law. Just wait. How will you take money from him then if he's your son-in-law? Instead, you'll be giving him your daughter. So in this way, you should know that it won't be acceptable to take money then. Who can erase the writings of destiny? So Baba Buddhaji said this and then he just remained silent. The Ghazi was burning up inside and he just took off. And along the way, he was swearing at the Guru. He was thinking that I'll meet the Guru and if he doesn't give me the money at that moment, I'm immediately going to the Emperor Shah Jahan and I'm going to tell him about this. So this is how chapter 17 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear exactly what was meant by Baba Buddhaji in regard to Guru Hargobind becoming the Qazi's son-in-law. So without giving anything else up, I'll leave it at that. But as always, we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangalacharan Patreon page. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>